Captain. Our computer is picking up a strange signal. I don't want any baloney, magic tricks, or psychological mumbo-jumbo. Errors in time and space. Greetings, Liminerds! Broadcasting to you from a location outside of time and space, this is Liminal Unlimited. I'm Kyle Thatcher. I'm Jenny Thatcher. And together we are the Three Amigos! What? (laughs) Oh man, I forgot how to do this. (laughs) It's been so long. Yeah, that's right. We're trying to get Jenny back on the horse. (laughs) We have a horse? Yes, honey. Or do you mean heroin? What? What? What are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) How podcast? (laughs) We don't know. I am podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, everybody. So, Jenny, where have we been? God, fuck if I know. And what have we been doing with our lives? Nothing. I've still been doing a mediocrely successful podcast <laughs> with my best friend Brad, Nosferadudes. But uh, yeah, we took a long, long time off. You know, people, depression is real. <laughs> it's tough. Yep. Uh, I'm on medication. Been about a month now. And I'm doing much better. Do not be afraid to seek help. And I mean, when... You know, it, just feel your feelings. It's fine. It's been... It was a rough year. So far. I'm not... I don't want to jinx it, but <laughs> January's been... Okay. Quiet. I'll take it. So when I when I notified Jenny of the, the concept that it had been a year since we... This month... Since we started doing the podcast, it kind of snapped Jenny out of, oh yeah, shit. <laughs> we we <laughs> had a thing. We had a podcast that people <laughs> listened to, and <laughs> I was gonna be somebody. <laughs> so we uh, that that I think put Jenny in the frame of mind of let's let's get back at this. So let's do it. And there's lots of weird stuff out there. That's true. So why don't you? Start us off, Jenny. What is the weirdest thing you got? All right. Well, I guess it's weird. Oh, and in case for some reason this is your first time listening to this, we <laughs> talk about weird paranormal stuff. We talk about the the outer limits of human uh, existence and experience. The paranormal, the supernatural, UFOs, ghosts, cryptids, other strange happenings. And, and that's why you're here, to hear what's going on. Welcome. <laughs> so what do you got, Jenny? All right. Well, the one thing that really also wanted, you know, got me wanting to get back into this is the freaking mall aliens in Miami. <laughs> okay, so... January so, 1st, 2024, starting the year off right. Yep. So I'm on Facebook, and this video pops up from this, like, Weird conspiracy theory ladies Facebook page. Which I tuned out to a lot of this, so so this is I'm I'm fairly new to this event. I don't 
I don't understand. <laughs> so it's talking about like ten foot tall aliens at this Miami mall, and then there's a TikTok video that shows a gazillion police cars all with their lights on, like surrounding this mall, sirens going. And so, of course, I have to take the deep dive. I'm like, what the <laughs> heck is going on here? Okay, so the Bayside Mall in Miami, January 1st. You just see these videos on TikTok popping up, all these police cars. Like, every police officer in the city is there. And the police are saying, oh, there were some teenagers fighting, some possibly with sticks. Which is, first of all, stupid. Like, and, and I did hear supposedly that there were some also possible firework usage. Well, then it, it changed to... made people think there was a shooting. Right. So, okay, whatever. But then people start popping up on TikTok saying that they saw... They were in the mall. They were in the mall and they saw a group of teenagers with some kind of a device that looked like maybe a DVD player or something and they did something with it and it opened up a portal and from the portal stepped three, seven to ten foot tall dark shadowy aliens. Weird. And they were like kind of phasing in and out, like teleporting from here to there. They didn't seem scared. Uh, some people said that like people were shooting at them, like people at the mall, like customers were shooting at these every, aliens. Because it's Florida, everybody's well, yeah. hacking. I believe it. <laughs> uh, and you know, people are saying that, like, there's no videos of this, of course, because either the aliens wiped the phones, or some people were saying the police were stopping people on their way out and like deleting things off their phones. Um. There was some video outside of the mall that claimed to be video of, you know, one of these creatures walking. Now, a lot of it's been debunked. The video of the creature walking from another angle is just like three people walking and their shadows. Okay. Also, apparently this is not an indoor mall. It's an outside only mall. So there weren't people actually in the mall. It's all outside. Uh, four teenagers were arrested out of like 50 that were supposedly fighting. Of course, there's no videos of these teenagers fighting either. No body or, cams have come out. No body cams. Um, you know, allegedly they were shooting fireworks at people. Okay, not one fire truck or ambulance was on these videos. It's all police cars. Now, also reports that the FBI had put out warnings leading up to New Year's about the potential for, you know, terrorism events or things like that so the police were on high alert and apparently in this area they do tend to have a pretty heavy police response to things this seems a little out of control if they thought it was like a terrorism thing or a shooting where are the ambulances where are they apparently like the power was cut off in this area for a while flights were like canceled i don't know it's it's freaking weird some people think it was Fallen angels, <laughs> um, demons. Yeah. So, so basically, what you're saying is that, as if it were out of the script of my science project, for any old heads like me who remember that that movie, where 
uh, a guy for his science project accidentally builds like a a, a time machine. <laughs> yeah, nobody's <laughs> it, seen that movie. And, and it opens up. Fisher Stevens is in it. Okay. <laughs> I like him. And uh, oh, uh, why am I forgetting his name? Big famous actor. Oh yeah, I love him. <laughs> in that in that one. <laughs> he was in he was in the movie Speed. He's the bomber in the movie Speed. Why am I blanking on his name? Dennis Hopper? Dennis Hopper, yes, Dennis Hopper was in. Pop it. quiz, hot shot. <laughs> he played their science teacher. Oh. The guy from Christine was in it. The lead oh. from Christine was in it. That guy. Yeah, the brown haired dude. I don't know. I've never known his name. I just know him as the guy from Christine. Nice. But anyway, I digress. You do. So as if it were from my science project, yes. you're saying that four teenagers possibly built a device. To open a portal. That punched a hole in the space-time continuum. Yeah. And allowed beings from the shadow realm to enter into visibly into our reality. Or... Here's another thing. I just watched a YouTube video today, and this woman was on there saying that uh, apparently there's supposed to be a race of aliens living under the ice in Antarctica. <laughs> now listen to this. If you take the coordinates of the Bayside Mall in Miami, Florida, and reverse them, <laughs> guess where it takes you? the middle of antarctica yeah and the guy doing the video did it he went to google earth or whatever and did the thing and swapped the numbers and guess what antarctica so her theory was maybe the aliens flipped the coordinates and then they were trying to get to the base in antarctica but instead they popped up at this mall in miami oops <laughs> they, they, <laughs> or maybe they, yeah, they they came out of the portal and went <laughs> Oh my God! It's so hot. <laughs> Why is it so humid? It's so wet. This, where's the ice? <laughs> this isn't the place. Or maybe the teenagers Larry, swapped the coordinates Larry. or something, and so you screwed uh, up. Yeah, I don't know. But that's an interesting uh, plot twist I did not see. So it could be aliens from Antarctica. Well, the fact that they describe them as shadow people is interesting because. That's been a going theory as to what are shadow people, and that shadow people aren't actually ghosts. They're actually interdimensional beings that normally, uh, under normal circumstances, in daylight with the plain eye, you can't see them. Mm -hmm. That it's only at, at night, possibly because it triggers a different, uh, you, you know, rods and cones, like the fact that you, during daylight hours, your cones are more active because they're picking up on the uh, different levels of color in the light spectrum. But then at night, your rods are more active, seeing in black and white, and then that's when you're picking up. And, and for people who don't know the anatomy of the eye, little quick schooling, the cones are all centered in the middle of your retina, and the rods are on the rim the outer rim of your retina and that's why uh, you tend to at your peripheral vision this is a theory this is an absolute theory as to why people more often pick up on um, 
entities, ghosts, movement, whatever it is, at the peripheral. Mm. Um, that like, oh, I saw something out of the corner of my eye, but when I looked, it wasn't there. It's because for some reason, the light spectrum that your rods are picking up on that only see in black and white and grayscale, that you're picking up more easily on those figures, beings, whatever it is, with that color spectrum. And then when you look directly at them, you're triggering your cones and you're not able to perceive them. <laughs> so You said rods. Oh, jeez. And the cones. <laughs> so anyway, the idea that somebody punched a hole between... Jenny's now making motions at her boobies like she's Madonna <laughs> on the uh, the Truth or Dare tour. <laughs> um, but the idea that they possibly punched a hole into that dimension... So then these beings visibly emerged, you know, instead of just however they would normally cross that dimensional gap. Um, I find that kind of interesting. I don't know that any of this happened, but I find it interesting. There are people that you showed me a video of a guy that actually claimed he was there. So there are multiple videos of people who claim they were there. Like, but this a guy lot wasn't acting. He uh, wasn't acting like one guy came out and said, "No, I was just trolling." But then he came out again and said, "No, it was real." Like that's what they'd want you to say. That well, the guy, but the, yeah, the one guy we saw, the guy you showed me, he, he was very like he was very believable. Yeah, he, he was like traumatized. He wasn't like over the top. Like he wasn't. You know, you yeah. see some of these videos where people claim they were oh, they saw something or were at something, and they're like way overly dramatic. This guy was actually like very laid back. He subdued. he was very so scared, very subdued about it, and he was just being like, he's like, he's like, y'all, yeah, yo, straight up, it was aliens. Yeah, I saw something. Like I saw some weird stuff that I can't explain, and he was just kind of putting it out there very flat, matter of factly. I so, believe him. Yeah, I that's kind him. of weird, you know, when you get somebody that's like just matter of fact about it, and they don't look like they're trying to get uh, internet social clout. media clout um but they're just saying like yo don't believe whatever they're whatever you're hearing out there don't believe it i saw it i was there it was this um that gets you a little more intrigued yeah so like i want it to be real i don't know why because it's kind of terrifying but i really do i don't think it is probably but there's a lot of unanswered questions like all those like look go on tiktok look at the videos it's insane. I've there, never it, seen a police response. It was like the entire city. To anything. Of, it was like the entire city of Miami was there. It was yeah. like um, it was like Die Hard with a Vengeance, where he's like, the co "There's no cops. You could steal City Hall." <laughs> yeah, you really could have. <laughs> it was insane. There were, but yeah. no ambulances for this. Possible and no fire trucks. Terrorist no event other, or no shooting or fireworks. Yeah, you don't have fire trucks for yeah. fireworks. Yeah, going you showed on. me that video. There, it was just all police cars, wall yeah. to wall police. And they're like, they're outside the mall, and they have like their flashlights moving around, like they're looking for something, like in the bushes and shit. Like, well, it, and also it gets me is the description of the beings, uh, almost like phasing like like right. almost teleporting from place to place it's almost like if this were true it's almost like instead of necessarily punching a hole between dimensions it's as if the if this 
box piece of equipment was real, it's almost like it disrupted something. It disrupted a field that then allowed them to be visible. And then they were having trouble, like, moving back to their, like, own vibratory state of being. Like, mm -hmm. they were, like, phasing in and yeah. out of existence because this thing is disrupting whatever the vibrational field is that separates right. the two the two places. The other thing that gets me too is it seemed like all these stories were coming out all at once. So it was a flurry. It right. Was a flurry so like I could see like if one person decides to make Everybody this up and come out and say, Oh yeah, it was freaking ten foot tall aliens but then you said How? everybody was reporting, like all these online people were, were saying. Yeah, like some. Who, who would I make saw this weird up? shit at the mall. And like multiple people made this up all at the same time. It's very weird. Or maybe one person made it up and then other people just latched onto it very, very quickly. I don't know. It it seems. It's, it's sus, as the youngsters say. <laughs> it's very sus to me. No cap. <laughs> Hundred K. <laughs> Real. <laughs> Real talk. <laughs> Real talk. So that is my weird Miami alien story. It happened. I I believe it. I believe it. Um so I'm not sure how now this is going back in, in the vault a little bit here. I was looking up just weird news. Now, this happened back in 2016. In August of 2016, apparently, chilling satanic human sacrifice video spooks scientists working at world's biggest particle accelerator, CERN. What? Yes. <laughs> A group, okay. a, a group of cloaked figures appear to gather in the courtyard before a woman in white enters and kneels on the ground. So this is Geneva, Switzerland. Uh, it's a group of cloaked men gathering in a courtyard around a statue at the CERN facility. Now, CERN says the video was fake. Of course, that's what they say. Saying that the... Now, here's the thing. So they say it's fake. But uh, then they say know. that the ritual was simply researchers and scientists coming to work at the facility, taking their sense of humor too far. So, a group of scientists at CERN in Switzerland, which, as we all know, is the most humorous place on the face of the planet, decided to, decided fake, to fake a satanic ritual on the grounds tracks. in the courtyard. So for anybody that doesn't know what CERN is, CERN is the home to the world's most powerful particle accelerator, uh, the Large Hadron Collider. So this is the thing that everybody was afraid was going to create a black hole on Earth that was then going to suck the planet Well, 2016 is when, isn't that when they turned it on or something? And like that's when the whole world went to shit, basically? That's yeah. That's a theory. Yeah. That's a theory. It's true. Um, but yeah, basically, you know, particle accelerator collider. It it blows atoms together and tries to see what they can make. You know, study what is produced tachyons. There's been yeah, I think they've produced tachyons there. They think. Um, 
So yeah, first well, it first started up on uh, 10 September 2008. It took a decade to build. Um, so in the video clip, because this was a video clip from like a, uh, I'm assuming a security camera or something, hmm. uh, there appears to be at least eight figures standing in the shadows before one man moves into the center of the group. Moments later, a woman wearing a white dress enters and kneels on the stone floor. The woman seems to lie down on the ground before a man in a cloak approaches her with his hands raised above his head. Um, some people think that it looks like he's holding a knife, which he appears to plunge into the woman's chest, and then the clip cuts. Yeah, you can't get eight scientists together to agree to do this. Come on. That's ridiculous. So, yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, so that's, they're saying, like, why, people would say, why would they perform a mock ritual like what would be the yeah what would be the point like what is, what is humorous about that or... yeah what is humorous so it's so it's funny they could have just said we have no idea who these people are right they just appeared one day on the grounds uh they did this thing before and and filmed it or whatever before security could get to them and then they were gone yeah. We never found out they were cloaked, so we never found out who they were. They could have said any number of things, mm -hmm. but they said it was scientists taking their <laughs> sense of humor a bit too far. That is the kind of response you get from somebody who is trying very hard to scramble and come up with a last-minute response when someone has performed a satanic ritual in their courtyard. <laughs> totally. That is ridiculous. Like, because why yeah, would those scientists know. still work there after doing yeah. that? Nope, don't buy oh, that. And, well, apparently, well, here I'm looking at an image, and do you know what the statue is? What? I don't know why this is there. Uh, if anybody can tell me, or maybe we'll have to look it up and do an update, but the statue that is in the courtyard on the grounds at CERN is a statue of uh, Kali, hmm. the Indian mm -hmm. goddess of death and destruction. Ooh. That's the statue that's on the <laughs> grounds of CERN? <laughs> what in the world? Okay. And that, they are trying to rip the world apart. And that's what they performed the ritual in front of. Oh. That's fucking weird, dude. That's if that's true, really weird. that's weird. The fact that they didn't deny that that was the footage was from there, that's really weird. Like here's a, here's the picture. That's great. It is yeah, cloaked figures that's... with torches. What the? Cir circling a statue of Kali, goddess of death. <laughs> yeah, those are not scientists. <laughs> wow. So I thought that was a pretty crazy. It's a, it's an oldie, but yeah, um, I heard about I, that. I, I had never heard about that. That was the first time I was looking up weird news, and I spotted it. And I thought that that was. And it's kind of again, it's science. It kind of. It, I didn't realize it was going to fold in with with <laughs> that other story, but it's it's science possibly being used for strange, unusual purposes that then, you know. Uh, it, it it incites some odd behaviors. Definitely. So, what do you got next, honey? Oh, hmm. Let's 
see. What do I... Oh. Okay. This is weird. Let me find it. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> just, just you wait. Hang on a second. Okay. Uh, all right. So this is from the High Strangeness Reddit. Uh, from God is a Coder. Okay. I found a GPT that answers questions about the content of the Roswell Alien Interview Transcripts. The Roswell Alien Interview So they say yes. that like that's an established thing. I have never heard of... I have never either. I mean, I know there's been there's been videos that claim to be videos of like the alien autopsy at Roswell and the this and the that. I've never heard, you know, of the of an interview. So there's a YouTube video and it's a transcript of this alien interview. Um, so just reading, let's see, from the description, where is it? So, oh no, that's not it. But all right, let's go back. This here. is dynamite, honey. Oh, shut I'm up! Bringing dynamite. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. I had it earlier, but then it's different now. Because we probably entered an alternate dimension. So, cut me some slack. Well, here, let's see. Okay, so this is what the GPT says. I am Roswell Alien GPT, a specialized version of ChatGPT. My focus is on providing information about a specific topic, the Roswell UFO incident of 1947 and its related aspects as per the context provided by a set of documents. These documents include transcripts of interviews with an alleged extraterrestrial being following the Roswell incident, as reported by Matilda O'Donnell McElroy, an Army Air Force nurse at the Roswell Army Airfield 509th Bomb Group. My responses are based on the content of these documents and related information about the incident. I adhere to the facts and the provided materials and avoid speculation or information not contained in the documents. So, I just watched a little of the YouTube video, but she was this um, nurse, and apparently she had a telepathic interview with this alien, and then relayed the information she got in a letter. And so, if you go on YouTube, there's like a transcript of this. Really weird. Never heard about this. So I'm going to have to do a little deeper dive on that and check that out. And I'll report back to you. But anyway, so this guy says, I was digging into the Roswell Alien interview after years again. This video was like four hours long and the transcripts are 300 plus pages. I was looking for some specific information about what the alien Errol, A-I-R-L is the alien's name, said during this interview about the human soul. My, my, my name Errol. Errol. I'm from Spice. <laughs> How y'all doing? <laughs> so he was looking for a GPT on this and found this specific, it's a very specific chat GPT. It sounds like it. I'm kind of wondering about <laughs> who, <laughs> who created this. So he says, the answers I got, well, I'm assuming it's a he, but it could be a she. The answers I got were nothing short of amazing. All right. The alien referred to as Errol in the interview transcripts provides a unique perspective on the nature of the universe. Number one, essence of creation and existence. 
Errol emphasizes that the essence of creation and existence cannot be fully comprehended through physical measurements or scientific instruments. The true understanding of the universe, according to Errol, lies within each individual as an immortal spiritual being, or an isbe. <laughs> immortal spiritual being. It's suggested that understanding the universe requires understanding the nature of an isbe, which is more profound than mere physical observations. Number two, nature of the universe, or universes. Each universe is said to be created with its own unique set of rules by one or more isbes. The physical universe, as well as other universes, have different properties concerning time, energy, objects, and space. The physical universe is described as nearly infinite and constantly expanding as long as isbes keep adding new energy to it. Number three, amalgamation of universes. The physical universe is described as being for, formed from the convergence and amalgamation of many individual universes, each created by ISBEs. This process has led to the formation of an ever-expanding universe of nearly infinite physical properties, proportions. And number four, the role of ISBEs in the universe. ISBEs are portrayed as participating in the co-creation of the universe. They limit their abilities to engage in a metaphorical quote-unquote game enduring various conditions and challenges. The universe, including its space, galaxies, sun, suns, planets, and physical phenomena, is sustained by the mutual agreement of ISBEs on their existence. The number of universes corresponds to the number of ISBEs capable of imagining, building, and perceiving them. Overall, Errol's description of the universe focuses, focuses on the central role of ISBEs in creating and sustaining the universe, emphasizing a more spiritual and less physical understanding of the cosmos. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's matrix theory. That's hologram theory. Mm-hmm. That just we're all co-creating reality as we know it. I don't, I'd like to think that I would do a better job. <laughs> well, the, prob- the problem is, the problem is if you, I mean, if, you really? be- if you believe that theory, then it's everyone's consciousness is kind of, it, it's a simple word, fighting, but the, we're mm-hmm. all kind of fighting to create the world that we want. And it's just a matter of who, how many people agree to something. And if you believe in this theory, that's actually what makes things like Flat Earth and like the Q movement and all that kind of stuff actually very dangerous. Because if we are in a mutually uh, agreed upon holographic reality, then if enough people believe something hard enough, then there's a possibility under that theory that that thing could become the actual reality. That if enough consciousnesses agree upon it, it could become true. Mm-hmm. I mean, could you imagine if that theory were true, if that were accurate? I'm not saying it is. It's an interesting thought game, you know. But if that theory were true, then that means that like one day, all of a sudden, the Earth becomes a flat disk a plate in space that we live on, all other planets become flat disks, everything in the universe becomes flat, and then... I mean, we're almost there. And then... I think we're close. But the weird part is, is the day that it would happen, everyone on the face of the planet would all of a sudden remember the Earth as always being flat, that there were some kooky scientists (laughs) in our distant history that... 
you know, theorized it was round and what a bunch of idiots they were. And all of a sudden, Earth is flat, it's always been flat, and that's it. And that's our existence. Until maybe someday, eventually, enough people come back around to believing in a spherical globe model, then all of a sudden we go back to be having a round Earth. Yeah. I mean, it's happening. A lot of people believe that. We're, we're close. Great. <laughs> I love this. So that, there's one more... I, well, I, I do I do have a, a stupid uh, theory that I think that, um, you know, we talk about, not to get into political stuff, but we, we talk about the seemingly the, the huge divergence in political sentiment that's occurred. And I have a theory that I've kind of ascribed to for a long time because I believe that maybe to some certain extent the idea of an agreed-upon reality could be true. Maybe not to the grand scale of all of a sudden turning the Earth flat, but I think it's just kind of odd that so many people have... You know, we, we look at the world today and we think that, oh, these people over here all of a sudden ascribe to this, you know, this conspiracy theory, quote-unquote, and then these people over here ascribe to this conspiracy theory, quote-unquote. I think that big events, a la 9-11, things like that, can form such a trauma in the mental process of people that all of a sudden, all these people begin to ascribe to their own idea of the way the world is and the way it works and their own ideas of history and things like that. And all of a sudden you get to where we are today where you have a huge subset of people in America, but also globally, who almost live in their own reality. Mm-hmm. And you can't penetrate it, no matter how much you try and tell them that, no, it's actually this way. They see every reason in the world. They see all the evidence to say that, no, it's the way I believe it is. And I think that that's something that happens, and it's kind of a dangerous thing, because now there's two agreed-upon realities of the world. And how it works, mm -hmm. at least, you know, and the many subsets. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of an it's kind of an odd thing to think about the idea that a person's perceived reality, if enough people believe it, could it become the actual physical reality? Let's freaking hope not. <laughs> God. All right, so just a little more on the. Roswell thing. So chat GPT yeah. says... Yeah, so I got these is-bees. <laughs> yeah. So the alien, referred to as Errol in the interview transcripts, shared a perspective on the human soul that appears to have been transformative for the interviewer. Errol's thoughts led to a realization that the interviewer, and indeed all humans, are not just their physical bodies or the concept of a soul, but are instead immortal spiritual beings. This realization was described as an epiphany that brought immense joy and relief although the concept of immortality was still challenging for the interviewer to fully grasp. Furthermore, the interviewer, who identified as a devout Catholic, mentioned never having thought of a woman, or even the Holy Mother Mary, as an immortal spiritual being. What? However, Errol's thoughts on this matter brought about a profound awareness in the interviewer of the immortal spiritual nature of all beings, including themselves. This led to an experience where the interviewer felt detached from their physical body, observing it, observing it from above, 
reinforcing the notion that they are not merely a physical body, but an immortal spiritual being. I don't know. And then um, the problem is, so I read a comment here. The nurse likely existed. The guy who wrote the book, Alien Interview, is a scumbag who never met her and fabricated the whole story. He's a Scientologist, and the entire book, YouTube videos, everything is laced with Scientology philosophy concepts and ideas. So take that for what it's worth. Well, I was going to say that basically, like, I'm not, I don't know how on the up and up this thing is, because uh, it sounds like a rehash of, of it, it's, that's the baseline of many spiritual movements. Mm-hmm. Uh, the world over, not just Scientology, but like Christianity, Buddhism, oh, but maybe Hinduism. There's a kernel of truth in all of them. Well, yeah, I mean that's Except kind for of. Scientology. <laughs> but that's kind of the idea. Is that like at, at the core, they all kind of basically state the same thing, and so it sounds like just a rehash that they're trying to posit as like, well, now you can believe it because this alien said it. You know, take it from Arl. <laughs> You and Isby. <laughs> you got Isby written all over you, girl. <laughs> really? Come on over really? here. Come on over here and sit on Errol's lap. <laughs> Let me tell you about your Isby. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right, this just went downhill very quickly. All right, well, what you got? Woman has sex with ghost every night for 20 years, but dumps him over his fangs. <laughs> this is a story. Uh-huh. This is a story uh, from October of this past year. And uh, yeah, after a two decade long passionate fling, a woman has admitted to dumping her ghost lover after she saw his terrifying face. And doesn't want him to contact her again. So after twenty years, she claimed she was had she had a twenty year relationship that turned mm. sour because uh, apparently he looks like a ghoul. This is uh, how shallow. <laughs> Paula Flores says her relationship with the ghost started when she was younger and led to two decades of passionate nights together. Uh, She even went as far as to claim that the spirit always initiated it. She said that they fell in love, uh, but it turned cold when she finally saw him and described him as a large male figure with fangs and the face of a gargoyle. That's when she decided she didn't want any contact with him again. Rude. So yeah, she's, uh, this is from Colombia. Paula's from Colombia. And she says, uh, One day, I was lying down when I felt a hand move from my feet to my chest, and it was strange. I was scared. From that moment on, he started coming to me like a spirit to have sex with me. Um, She admitted to enjoying it. Uh, Then she got a glimpse of his face. The last time I saw his face was when I didn't want to continue. And, uh, yeah, so probably an incubus, Paula. You probably... How did she not see his face for 20 years? I guess he didn't reveal it. <laughs> well, with good reason. Because he knew she was would dump him. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. Real nice lady. So, yeah, she was uh, ev- every night. 
for 20 years. Every night. Having uh, having her uh, invisible lover. Secret lover. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, she it's Colombia. You would think that uh, you know Latin America is still fairly heavy with their Catholic beliefs. You would think that Paolo would have even confession for that. Even considered once that this might have been something nefarious. Yeah, you know, I don't know about a demon, but you know, whatever. I mean, anything. Were they married? If you've got no. So, it's a mortal sin, and you got to go to confession. <laughs> she shows up. <laughs> she shows up with with just a an empty basket, and goes, "This is my baby." <laughs> he looked like gargoyle, like his papa. <laughs> Yikes! But yeah, so apparently, yeah, so she saw his fangs. She saw his fangs and his gargoyle face, and that was... Like, so, when she was believing he was this handsome... Yeah, how shallow. Right? How shallow is Paola? He was good enough for 20 years. Apparently, apparently his invisible body (laughs) felt just fine. And she was enjoying every night. And then she saw his face, and all of a sudden, he's not good enough for Paola. Yup. Man, put that on the Springer show. <laughs> <laughs> Paola, Paola, Paola. <laughs> I told him, go see dentist. He needs to go see the dentist. <laughs> Get them shaved down. Don't you tell me. Don't Boo. you tell me. I'm a nice guy. I can't help the world. He looked like a gargoyle. <laughs> <laughs> now she's calling you a gargoyle. What do you think of that? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Love That's yourself weird. and each other. So what's uh, what's up next, honey? What what weird news do you have here for the beginning of twenty twenty four? Uh, well, I don't have any more weird news for twenty twenty four. Not from twenty twenty four. For twenty twenty four. Do you want to talk about um, mantis experiences or not, dear? Mantis experiences. Yeah, never heard about this. Well, I've heard some people, there's, there's um, people who get real deep into the uh, alien lore. You know, they claim that there's the lizard, there's the greys, that's the classic, the greys. Mm-hmm. Then there's the reptilians. Then there's the um, Chewbacca-like uh, Bigfoot-esque ones. And then there's uh, insectoids, usually, I've heard them called. But some Mm -hmm. people have described them as looking like uh, praying mantises, which I find kind of funny because (laughs) because there was a character on Space Ghost that was a praying mantis. Right. Yeah, it's very similar to that. And apparently it's a, a lot of people who do psychedelics, mushrooms, and DMT especially 
encounter these beings. And they're like giant mantises. So I have some mantis stories if you'd like to hear them. Sure. It's kind of weird. All right. On DMT, meets mantid. Wait, is it mantis or mantits? Not mantits, honey. Oh, okay. Mantid. Mantids. Mantids. Or mantises. (laughs) Mantisi. Mantises. Mantises. Mantiso. (laughs) (laughs) My new boyfriend, he looked like a mantis, okay? He very handsome. Very handsome. Mantis. No gargoyle. <laughs> he mantis with mantis. <laughs> he a good provider. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, this uh, first one. So, on DMT, meets Manted in a dark blue robe. It lectures him that mindlessly entering their world with DMT is not a game. This is a found Reddit comment. When I was young, I did DMT a bunch of times. I experienced a mantis creature in one of the trips. When I was a kid, I had a recurring, reoccurring dream where I was falling in a giant dark room with marble-esque pillars going up for infinity from a floor of the same material. I would always wake up right as I hit the floor. These dreams stopped occurring when I was a teenager. Well, in this trip, I was in that exact room, and with me was a mantis in a dark blue robe with a hood. It communicated with me telepathically, but it was more of a transmission of emotions and feelings rather than words or ideas. It essentially told me very sternly that their world and DMT is not a game. It had a very authoritative presence as it basically shamed me for abusing this drug. The being was clear that what I was experiencing is closer to reality than the three-dimensional space I usually occupy. I felt like a child being lectured by my parents. I took a long break from DMT after this experience. I do occasionally use it these days, but it's much more of a spiritual experience now than a hallucinogenic experience. Pretty weird. Um, that does sound weird. Here's another one. Uh, DMT Mantis admonishes him to get his life together. It says, look at yourself. You are a mess. Another found Reddit comment. Once upon a time long ago, when I still drank alcohol and did drugs too often, I was at home by myself with a bottle of wine and a small dose of shrooms. I decided to take a bath. While sitting in the tub, I remembered a capsule of DMT that I had been saving for months, possibly years, as I couldn't find the courage to hit it for fear of receiving a hyper-slap from the entities for my reckless lifestyle. Emboldened by the devil's sauce, I leapt from the tub to acquire my vaporizer and pinch of elf spice. Elf spice? Elf spice. I guess that's what he calls it. I don't know. The spice must flow. <laughs> now, my intention was not to enter hyperspace or leave my body. I just wanted to see some fractals appear on the walls and spice things up a bit, so to speak. At this time, my girlfriend arrived home from work and was in the living room on the couch. I got back into the tub. Yes, very stupid. It was by no means a deep tub. However, I guess it doesn't take much to drown. Took a deep breath and poured a tiny pinch of DMT into the chamber. As soon as I hit it, I knew I had miscalculated. My eyes closed and I found myself flying through a tunnel made of fractals as a sense of mild panic began to take hold. At this moment, I tried to get back into my body. Suddenly, I stopped flying and saw before me a metallic and bejeweled mantis creature that I would describe as a mantis king. He had an elaborate headpiece or crown. His face was angry. Look at yourself, he shouted at me telepathically. You are a mess. And he showed me an image of my girlfriend sitting on the couch. 
She loves you so much, but you are going to disappoint her so badly. With that, he shoved me backwards through the tunnel as I struggled to get back into my body. Suddenly, I heard the sound of glass shattering with deafening volume as I was thrown back into my body. At that moment, I began to weep uncontrollably. Now, I didn't straighten my life out right away by any means. It took some work. Over the years, I pondered the meaning of what he said. What exactly did he mean? I interpreted it to mean that I had to straighten my life out so I did not let her down. However, a couple of years ago, it dawned on me that although that was the core meaning of his message, he may have also meant that I was about to drown in the bathtub, and having pushed me back into my body saved my life. The sound of shattering glass that pulled me back into my body was the metal shower curtain hook that came loose and fell to the tile floor as I thrashed about in the tub, trying to get back to my corporeal self. <laughs> trying not to drown. <laughs> Over the years, the message has kept me out of trouble by echoing in my mind at critical moments when I was about to make a bad choice. That was about 10 years ago now. I don't drink alcohol anymore, and my relationship with mind-altering substances is balanced and healthy. My girlfriend and I are still together, and I achieved the mission of helping her immigrate, so she is the opposite of disappointed. Our life is mostly harmonious and full of love, plus we have a cat now, so our life is infinitely better. Thank you, Mantis King. Well, uh, we have an expert on the phone line, um who might have an opinion on this. Oh, really? Uh, Zorak, Zorak, what do you think of this? I will eat your liver with some fava beans and a fine Chianti. Oh, and some gum. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Zorak, for that uh, insightful commentary. (laughs) Okay. Zorak. Chilling. The the space mantis. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, there's a whole Mantis Encounters Reddit subreddit just wow. for Mantis Encounters. Wow. Yeah, it's oh. pretty weird, right? You know what the oddest thing is the 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 uh, prayer circle Bible study because huh? they they like to pray. I wish I was a mantis so I could bite your head off right now. (laughs) Oh, man. But it's interesting. I've seen a couple stories where they're described as, like, bejeweled. This one uh, says it was almost like he was made of jade or some kind of crystalline substance, very glassy and shiny. So, I don't know. It's pretty weird. I hope I never see a mantis creature, personally. I like the little ones, but a big, giant, telepathic, condescending, lecturing mantis. I don't need that in my life. Yeah, neither do I. I mean, it might sound a lot like this. No talent and no personality will get you a talk show. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) So, anyway... <laughs> oh lordy! So are uh, the mantises? They're very interesting. That's a very yeah. interesting. If if you have any time, look up uh, mantises. Just be careful you don't stumble into uh, mantis fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably pretty freaky. Yeah, you freaky might stuff. you might get uh, a lot more than you bargained for. Hmm. So on that note. Speaking of uh, sexual encounters with supernatural beings, 
erotically charged sex fairies spotted trying to join in on human romps. Noticing a theme with you tonight. (laughs) This is from 2017. Uh, So, erotically charged sex fairies. Uh, This is is from a uh, a book uh, by Dr. Simon Young and Dr. Sari Holbrook. Magical Folk, British and Irish Fairies, 500 A.D. to the present, um, which is supposed to be a map to alleged fairy sightings in the U.K. Um, And they did, as part of writing this book, they did an online survey to find out about, you know, fairy sightings around Britain. More than a thousand people responded. Um, including 4% of people who still don't believe what they saw, uh, 44% said they had seen actual fairies at least once, and 20% saw them regularly. Um, so they did this big old survey, uh, tons of people across Britain, uh, seeing fairies, and, uh, as part of the data, let's see, where, where is it, uh, so, yeah, so erotic encounters with them were reported in several counties. A respondent in Lanarkshire said their sighting was of a little red-dressed fairy. <laughs> <laughs> and in Mull, it was uh, a dazzling figure 10 to 12 feet tall surrounded by a flame-like aura. So more like... Uh, not not your standard fairy, more like sort of uh, fae, like fae folk. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple from Essex said that they were having sex in the forest and were joined by fairy lights around an oak tree. Hmm. So, yeah, in Hampshire, two, friend, wow. two friends said they saw an amorphous grayish shape that turned into two female fairies each about three and a half to four feet tall, one with long blonde hair, one with long black hair, who laughed like a babbling brook. (laughs) Okay. In Somerset, a fairy allegedly appeared erotically dancing among a crowd of hundreds of people. So yeah, uh, Dr. Young says British fairies are not necessarily nice tutu-wearing butterfly-sized creatures. Respondents who encountered British and Irish fairies reported that they were angry, particularly in Essex and Scotland, (laughs) and mischievous. Um, But yes, some uh, respondents reported that their encounters were sexually and erotically charged in Essex, Hampshire, and Somerset. Um, They vary in size from leaf size to 15-foot giants. Yeah, Britain's Britain's top fairy towns are London... With over fifty, <laughs> with over fifty percent of regular city sightings, really. And then Birmingham, Bath, Glasgow, and Aberdeen. Blimey. Yeah. So yeah, lots yeah. of fairies being seen all over Britain, uh, and uh, and they're watching people get busy in the forest. I mean, why not? I guess. Now, of course, apparently if you live in uh, Cornwall, uh, you're not so lucky. Oh. Because apparently, whereas in, you know, Lanarkshire and Essex and stuff, they're getting, like, 
various sizes of beautiful women laughing like babbling brooks. In Cornwall, it was a brown, it was a brown, leathery skinned, very angry looking old man. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, if you're in Cornwall, you, uh, you don't get as lucky. <laughs> huh. Because I don't know that anybody wants a, a brown, leathery looking old man watching them. Have, I wouldn't uh, say nobody. Have I mean, intercourse sure, by an oak tree. I'm sure some people are into that. <laughs> yeah, keep going. <laughs> Don't mind me. <laughs> I'm just over here. How do you know that that's a fairy? Like, why would you assume that that's a fairy? <laughs> that's just some perv. <laughs> I'm, I'm just one of the fae folk. <laughs> I'm... Watching you erotically <laughs> as I dance languidly by this tree. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. All right, just don't mind me. These are just acorns. <laughs> They're not me testicles. <laughs> <laughs> so, moving on. <laughs> Not deer? What? Not deer? Not deer what? Not deer. It's a it's a phenomenon where people it's a cryptid. Oh, is this like skinwalkers? Like a deer? Sort of, but it's not a deer and they're called not deer. That that's a really not inventive name. <laughs> I personally love it. <laughs> I mean, because that's, that's how people, like, that's the way you describe it. Like, it's like a deer, but it's not a deer. Not deer. So I have a few not deer stories. <clears throat> okay. So here's just a little intro. This is from Black Label 958. So no one was going to tell me about the not deer? Holy shit, these things are terrifying. For those who do not know, a not deer is something that is not a deer. It's a cryptid from the western, no, eastern United States. It's something pretending or mimicking a deer, but it's not a deer. Hence the name, not deer. I've been obsessing over this cryptid for like three days now. This thing is absolutely terrifying, and I fucking love it. <laughs> the not deer are a seemingly intelligent and dangerous predator that looks almost exactly like a deer. However, reports say it has eyes in the front of its head instead of to the side and a larger mouth. Some sightings also report the ability to walk bipedal and other more terrifying depictions such as multiple eyes or human-like hands. However, most people just describe the former. The not deer are said to be some kind of predator and have been known to attack and even kill humans. Some believe they are responsible for many of the disappearances on the Appalachian Trail in the United States. If you encounter a not deer in the wild, the best thing to do is to turn and walk away. And so not draw attention to yourself. Or in other words, try not to act like prey because it will harm you. So, you know, this person says it's like an Appalachian thing, but I, there's a story in here from the Pacific Northwest. Uh, similar to a skinwalker, possibly. Um, but, yeah, so there's some pretty creepy stories here. Here is, let's see here. Is this the one? I think it is. 
So, nope. so, like, I'm just wondering, like, what the context is of when people see these things, like. Well, so, like, I've heard stories where you're driving and you see them. Um, I've heard, like, a lot of these are just, like, out in the woods and they see these deer walking on their hind legs, but they have, like, a knowing more human look in their eyes um, the one had a human face. I'm trying to find that one. That one's <laughs> really freaking creepy. Um, let's see here. So, mm, nope. All right, here we go. Not deer in California. A few years ago, I had to commute for my job from about October 2018 to January of 2019. It was nothing special, a retail job, but I live in a rural area in the California foothills, and it was my only option at the time. I would be driving home every night at 11 p.m. to 2 a.m., depending on when I would get off work. The highway has always des was always deserted at these times, and some nights were more peculiar than others, but nothing so extreme as this story. It wasn't uncommon for me to see a lot of wildlife on these drives. I would just take it slow and be alert. Black-tailed deer, coyotes, raccoons, I was well accustomed to them at this point. One particular night, I was only about 10 minutes from home. I rolled up to the usual four-way stop I'd stopped at hundreds of times before. It was probably around 1 a.m., not a soul around. As I came to a complete stop, I saw something standing just off to the side of the road across from the intersection. It was obviously an animal, and it was headed towards the road, so I was going to wait for it to cross to continue. It took me a second to really comprehend what it was. At first, I thought it was a horse, which, although dangerous, wouldn't be that uncommon for where I live, due to irresponsible ranchers and their constantly broken fences. Then as I started to be able to make more of it out, as it neared the light from my headlights, I realized something was really wrong with this animal. It was tall, so much so the legs looked stilt-like. As I sat there shocked, it slowly stepped into the road across from my car and into the direct beam of my headlights. At this point, I realized two things. Number one, it was taller than my car. Number two, its gait was very odd, almost like it didn't know how to properly walk as a deer should. It was like all of its joints wanted to bend the wrong way. It moved slowly into the oncoming lane and then swiveled its head to look at me. All the hair rose on my body. What spooked me the most was it, it was certainly a deer, or at least something that really looked like one. It looked normal in every way except the spider-like legs it was standing on. At this point, I gasped it, and the deer stood unmoving as my car sped past. I looked into my rearview mirror and caught a glimpse of it crossing the oncoming lane back into the shoulder of the highway, illuminated red by my brake lights. When I got home, I ran from my car to my house and locked myself in, still understandably freaked out. Pretty weird. So so what if this is like a deer that uh, had like injuries to its front hooves and had to like, was forced to like walk on its hind legs everywhere? Because there's this been one like wasn't on its hind legs. This one just had long, stilt-like legs. Oh, like so it was like a deer. So it was not. a moose. <laughs> not a moose. <laughs> it wasn't a moose. All right, all right. Hang on. That's. Hang on. Here we go. <laughs> Horrifying not deer encounter in Monroe County, Pennsylvania. Ooh, that's. Close, close to home. All they're, right. They're here. This is from 
phantomsandmonsters.com. Sounds on the up and up. Yes. <laughs> I drove to a local convenience store here near Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania, in Monroe County to pick up something to eat. My dog was with me, and it was just before midnight. Everything was normal on the way there, but on the way back, something weird happened. <laughs> As I approached a stop sign outside of town, my dog started growling. My dog rarely growls, so when he does, I take notice. I looked around and saw a deer walking toward the road from behind a large oak tree. The deer then stepped out onto the road. It's about 50 feet from me, but then the deer starts to walk towards the headlights of my car. As it gets closer, I begin to see its face much clearer. At first, I literally shook my head a bit in disbelief. Then I did a double take. The deer had a freaking human face. <laughs> there was no elongated nose, no big dark eyes. It was a freaking person's face. The eyes had white surrounding dark blue colored pupils and was forward setting, looking directly at me. I just froze. I don't even remember if my dog was growling at this point. I was truly scared by what I was witnessing. It kept looking at me for almost a minute. Then it turned and slowly walked to the other side of the road and then walked off into the woods. I stepped on the gas and got the heck out of there. When I got home, I immediately went inside my house to pour a stiff drink. I needed to know what I saw and went online. I stayed up most of the night looking for an explanation for what I had witnessed. I read a few other accounts of what people referred to as not deer, but nothing as dramatic as what I saw. I'm beginning to believe that what I witnessed that I witnessed the results of an experiment that went wrong. An experiment. Well, I have, I have I have two theories. Like if this if if this is real phenomena, I have two theories. One theory, especially like with the one with the the human face. So one theory is, you know, there's there's the possibility that it could be something, a life form like uh, from John Carpenter's The Thing, mm -hmm. where it was trying to mimic. I mean, obviously there's skinwalkers. There's like that's like that's that's kind of like become the paranormal go-to. Mm -hmm. That's become like all, all of a sudden everybody's like skinwalker. Oh, it's a skinwalker. Yeah. Um, but what if it's like some some life form like the thing where it's trying to like mimic or recreate a deer, but doesn't quite know mm -hmm. how to do a deer, right? Right. Um, my other theory would be that. Uh, kind of in line with what we spoke about earlier with like simulation theory, hologram theory, all that kind of stuff. What if it's like, <laughs> what if it's like bad code? <laughs> it, it's it's like a line of code to create a deer like got corrupted and like a deer and human <laughs> got like mismatched. And so then you get, like, this deer with a human face, you know, just kind of, like, staring at you with blue eyes going, like, Mama! Mama! I haven't read anywhere it talks. One is, like, it uh, said it was, like, making this screaming noise, like this weird screaming noise. Ah! Which, deer, which deer can make... I'm a deer! And apparently, like, the males, like, when they're fighting, they can get up on their hind legs and stuff and do some weird stuff. Well, but... you know, uh, just to kind of throw it out there, uh, one of the weirdest things that can sometimes happen, I've actually seen video clips uh, when when bucks fight, one buck can die, 
during the fight oh, and they yeah. get locked together. Yeah. I saw a video of a buck. So just just for people out there, like, okay, not deer uh, might be a thing. Super scary. But also, like, when you see, like, a deer with, like, a weird, some weird feature, like, walk. The video I saw was the deer was walking around with the head of the buck that it fought and killed still hanging from its horns. Yep. Or its antlers, I should say. And so it was literally carrying the decapitated head of the other deer with it. And these hunters had to, like, very calmly go and, like, get get the buck, like, to, like, be calm. And then they, like, had to, like, cut the other deer's head off. Yeah. Like, had to remove the antlers. Pretty gross. Yeah. Because right, so what will happen is it'll end up killing the other deer. Oh, yeah. You know, you can't feed, you can't mm-hmm. drink. Horrible. But, yeah, so who knows? You know, you might see uh, something something weird out there, and it's actually just, you know, a two-headed <laughs> deer. Possible. One, one hanging from the other. All right, one more story. This is also from phantomsandmonsters.com. And this is about a game warden in Wisconsin. Uh, he was assigned to investigate sightings of a particular deer in the South Kettle Moraine State Forest. Uh, the description suggested that it might be suffering from chronic wasting disease. There are three different reports, each stating that the deer was malnourished, severely injured, and had a terrible odor. Um, so, blah, 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 blah. He reached the shelter just as thunderstorms began to roll in. Um took off his backpack and sat down. Okay. I was soon overcome by the stench of rotting flesh. It came out of nowhere and it was so strong that I was nearly gagging. I looked around the interior of the shelter to see if I could find the source. Then I thought I saw something move past the doorway, but when I peeked outside, there was nothing. The stench then disappeared as quickly as it had manifested. I waited in the shelter for maybe another 30 minutes. The storm hadn't let up, but the stench suddenly returned. I didn't know what was going on, but I knew there was something terribly wrong. I can't explain how I knew. I just knew. That's another common thing. You know, people just sense that something is wrong. Like, it looks like a deer, but wrong. And they get a feeling of, like, dread. Anyway. (laughs) I then heard something scrape against the side of the shelter. It was loud. I looked out through the window and saw what looked to be white antlers. Now, that didn't make any sense at all. It was early summer here in Wisconsin, and bucks don't start growing their antlers until much later in the season. Even if they were early, they would still be covered covered in felt. I figured this must be the injured deer, and it certainly smelled like it was on death's door. I tried to get a better look out the window, but the animal appeared to be moving towards the door of the shelter. Whatever it was, I was about to see. Whatever it was, I was about to see it soon enough. I couldn't shake the feeling, though, that there was something off about this whole situation. I removed the gun, 12-gauge shotgun with slugs I had packed in to dispatch the deer. I pointed it at the door, and I waited. The doorway was dark because of the storm, but I could still see well enough to know that the creature that walked into view wasn't an old injured deer. It was about twice the size of a full-grown male whitetail, and its body was absolutely skeletal. Its fur was long and stringy, like the kind of long hair you would find on a dog, and parts of it were missing fur completely. But the worst part was that its head was a skull. No hair, no skin, just bone, with the antlers attached, and I didn't see any eyes in its sockets. I could see it had a tongue in its jaw, and its teeth looked like those of a deer. But the lower jaw didn't appear to be hanging on by much, and I don't know what the thing was. 
It was standing there in that dark, rain-soaked doorway before I fired at it. I hit that creature three times center mass, and it ran away. It was weird because it didn't fall down, and it didn't even falter a step. It just ran. I waited another hour for the storm to pass before hiking out of there. I had never been so scared in my life. If a shotgun couldn't stop it, there was nothing I could do if I ran into it again. I finally reached my truck. I had no idea what to report to my boss. I eventually decided to report that I never observed the deer. I thought that if I reported the truth, it would raise red flags about my competence. Not long after that incident, I found another position within the department as a conservation worker. You saw the death stag. (laughs) Could be. He comes to bring destruction. (laughs) No, honey. Well, actually, you, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me... Now, given, I mean, he's talking about, like, um, a, a partially skeletal, you know, some elk or something that he's seeing. Mm-hmm. But what it reminds me of when he talks about, like, the fact that it looks odd, it's sized odd, and then the smell, it reminds me of the wolf from Skinwalker Ranch. Mm-hmm. That the family, that very first paranormal encounter they had with that dire wolf and the they talked about how when they shot it and they took the chunk off its shoulder how it smelled like like rotten dead rotten meat mm-hmm. so i find that very interesting that you know maybe whatever um uh parallel reality that thing came out of maybe that's like a commonality of that that kind of foul odor could be so interesting so i have something that kind of falls in line with some of that oh really well a little bit um this is a reddit post from uh, a person by the name of empsto and they say i need help identifying something i saw following our car So, uh, they're from England. They say, um, my girlfriend and I were driving along a forested road in northern Hampshire, UK, near the Blackbush Airport, when I saw something running alongside the car in the woods, staring in at me. This happened yesterday at about 5 p.m. after the sun had set. It was a figure that was naked and about four feet tall, with yellowish skin, sort of sickly slash jaundiced. We were driving at about 50 miles per hour at the time, and the figure was keeping up with the car by running. Regarding identifiable features, the most notable feature was that the figure had large eyes that appeared to have two pupils per eye, Hmm. one above the other, and it had a large grinning mouth. It vanished quite quickly after I saw it staring at me. Immediately after it disappeared, I started feeling nauseous, and this nausea has lingered into today. My girlfriend did not see it, but has also felt this nausea and unease. I don't believe it could have been my reflection, and I was not tired or otherwise mentally impaired at the time. Does anybody have any ideas or theories as on what this thing was? A horny fairy. <laughs> he was running alongside the car going Are you going to do it? Are you two going to bone? Are you going to bone? Can I watch? Come on please Fancy a bit of rumpy bumpy 
I've got four eyes. I can watch from four angles. Don't mind the yellow skin. I've got a buddy with brown leathery skin. He wants to join. Hey, what? Hey, what? How's your father? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> That's my guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I I find that interesting. That the fact that they describe like this nauseous feeling yeah. that Weird. as if you know whatever this thing was um, that that just its existence in their presence, their space uh, produced this palpable reaction that like lasted for like 20 over 24 hours of them like it almost um uh you know some people like even like with skinwalker ranch or other places where people have had paranormal experiences with whether they be aliens interdimensional entities things like that almost describing feelings of almost like a radiation sickness mm -hmm. after the encounter true pretty weird Maybe he has liver failure and was seeing his reflection in the car window. <laughs> maybe maybe the entity had <laughs> liver failure. And he's like, hey, can I just watch once before I die? <laughs> I'm part of the Make-A-Wish program. <laughs> Make an interdimensional wish. I want to watch two human mortals have sex. <laughs> Might be a bit of fun. <laughs> I got four eyes. Poor guy. So, do you have anything else, honey? Well, are we wrapping things up? Have we talked long enough? <laughs> no, no. We we've got more time, if you want it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I have a few more things. All right. Well, then I'll save that one. I'm going to end on a, a happier note. But until then, it's freaky deaky time. I'm going to end on a high note. Oh! <laughs> Beautiful, dear. Beautiful. All right. This is from Ziggy Z Red. Yo, 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 this is Ziggy Z Red. Ziggy Z Red. Coming at you. What my mother said in the weeks leading up to her death scared us all. Bum, bum, bum. A few years ago, my mother died after a long battle with cancer. In her last few weeks, she was bedridden at home at one point and on heavy pain medication. The whole family took turns to help and spend time with her, and what she told us towards the end gave us all a shock. She kept having a scared reaction to something. She'd jump and say, oh, God, or she'd swear as if something had made her jump. She didn't say anything at first, but then after a week or two, blurted out something one day that gave us all the creeps. I wish he'd stop scaring me. Tell him to go away. She was annoyed at something, or someone to be exact. Confused, we asked her what the problem was, and she told us. Apparently, in her last few weeks, she kept seeing her deceased partner walking around the house. He'd walk down the hallway or past her bedroom door, or sometimes he'd be sitting in her room, and every time it had happened, she'd jump with fright, obviously not expecting to see him there. She was more annoyed than scared. She'd see him several times a day, just going about his business as if he'd never left. Usually her reaction would be, oh, for God's sake, go away, not because she didn't want to see him, but because it kept making her jump. 
Our first thought was that it was something to do with the pain medication she was receiving, but the nurse assured us that it wouldn't cause hallucinations or visions. It scared the bloody crap out of us, I know that much. She went into hospice a few weeks later, and the vision stopped. Weird, huh? We still don't even talk about it. That's how creeped we all are. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Say what? That would be a, a good episode. Um, because I see, like, like I follow like a hospice nurse, hospice nurse Julie. I love her. And I've seen videos of, like, other hospice oh, nurses. Like pre-death. Yeah, end of life. Visions. And like, yeah, visions. A lot of people will see loved ones or angels or sometimes scary things. But usually it's some something comforting or someone they know. Well, we covered that. Coming to, like, get them. We covered that story the one time about that woman, uh, the guy's mother with Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. who was... Uh, uh, dying toward getting towards the end and started seeing a little boy coming into her her room and then next thing you know she dies and then they had a son and when the son begins to be able to talk he describes having like come to see the grandmother and play with her and you know all this kind of stuff so was, yeah there's weird mm-hmm. definitely weird stuff there yep um so I had looked up some, uh, I wanted to look for things, one of the things in, in whether it be um, UFOs or other ghost paranormal uh, experiences, one of the things you always look for are, um, you know, like informed observers, you know, or professional observers. And so you look for like police military, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, people who have experience or are trained to know what they're looking at, you know, or assess a situation fairly quickly. And so I looked up, um, I wanted to see if there were some stories about uh, police. And so there's a, a website called Police One. I don't know the website other than just from this. But they had a question uh, sort of put out there about what's like the scariest thing you've seen on patrol or experienced. And some of them are just like, you know, kind of weird shit. But uh, a couple of these I thought were pretty interesting. So the first one is from a uh, an officer by the name of Meredith Shearman. She said she... Uh, took a 911 call for a family who was reporting that their teenage daughter was possessed. Uh, They claim no possibility of drugs or a history of mental health issues, um, which she said she didn't believe. But the family members uh, were holding her down. So this must be a 911 uh, uh, call center. The family were holding her down and she says she could hear two people screaming at each other in the background. I asked the caller to tell whoever it was uh, who was yelling to stop because they were having, she was having trouble hearing them. The caller said, it's her. I responded that I knew it was, but whoever was yelling at her at the same time needs to stop. The caller said, it's her. 
both voices. She says, I kid you not, it was the creepiest thing I have ever heard. I have been doing this for 25 years and have heard many things. I know of man's inhumanity and the horrible things people do to, do to each other, but this this was a different kind of evil. I was clearly hearing a young girl screaming at the same time an adult male was yelling back. I couldn't understand either language, but they were clearly two different voices. The family swore both voices were coming from her at the same time. It made my skin crawl. So very creepy. That is creepy. So the second one comes from uh, an officer by the name of Marco Castillo. And he describes an encounter in the lockup. Um, so he says, the most unusual thing that happened to me, uh, this was witnessed not just by him, but from several other officers, by several other officers and their dispatcher. Uh, one evening they brought a guy in for domestic violence and he was a bit rowdy. Um, so there, he was joined in booking by the sergeant and another patrolman. They're in the process of booking this guy in. He says, when I glanced into cell number one, there was a guy in there, short haircut, glasses, a white t-shirt, just staring at us. I ignored him because I didn't want him to start banging on the window demanding a phone call or something. So I finished the booking process and escort, and he calls him Mr. Tough Guy. That's the domestic violence guy. Mr. Tough Guy to his cell, walking past cell number one. The guy in the cell just stood there never saying a word or moving we all then leave booking and go about our business sometime later the sergeant asks him to check the paperwork for the prisoners to see if any were ready to transport to the county jail he says i grab the paperwork and go into booking to do a head count cell number one is empty i panic and tell the sergeant who also panics, and he and I begin to make phone calls to the detectives to see if they had moved the guy or had released him, because now they're like, did this guy escape? Mm -hmm. They both knew that cell one was occupied. What's going on? They all say that they didn't go into booking at all. I then checked the computer and paperwork again, and the head count was accurate. No one had been placed in cell number one. We go, to the di- we go to the dispatch office to check the surveillance video for booking. So they're going to actually look at the cameras. We rewind the footage to where I can be seen booking in my prisoner. We fast forward to the point in the video where we all walk out. As soon as we walk past the door, the guy in number one blinks out of existence. So he's on the video... And then as soon as they pass by his cell, poof, he's gone. We were all freaked out by the occurrence, believe you me, when we tried to transfer the video to a DVD and USB drive, the guy in the cell did not appear. So when they rewound it on the surveillance, they can all see him. But when they tried to transfer the file, it's like he never existed. That's weird. So, yeah, he says, we still hear and see stuff every now and then, and prisoners in the detox tank 
can be seen talking to someone in the direction of cell number one, even though it appears empty. And he says, to this day, I'm wary of going into booking alone. Pretty creepy. Definitely. Definitely creepy. Huh. Well, here's a weird one for you. Okay. This is from the Glitch in the Matrix subreddit. Oh, your favorite. My favorite from Binary Inc. My friend was at my flat, but disappeared halfway through. Longtime casual lurker. I'm creeped the fuck out and not quite sure what to do with myself. I had a friend over last night. We ran into each other earlier in the day, and we made plans to have dinner together. She comes over, and we hang out on the couch for around an hour, just chatting and whatnot. I stand up because I get a phone call. Oops. Sorry, I bumped the table. <clears throat> All right. I stand up because I get a phone call, so I go into my bedroom for around 10 to 15 minutes. I go back out, and she's not there anymore. Okay, so she's in the bathroom, right? I sit on the couch to wait for her, but she doesn't come out. I go check on her. The bathroom is empty. Now I'm weirded out. Did she leave for no reason? I didn't hear the door open or close, and I have a pretty heavy door. I even go outside into the hallway to check if she was there for some reason, but she's just promptly disappeared. So now I'm thinking she left for whatever reason, so I call her. It rings for a while, and she picks up. Immediately, I think it's weird. If she left my flat, she should be on the street. But it's very quiet wherever she is, and she sounds like she just woke up. I ask her why she left my flat. She had no idea what I was talking about. I get frustrated and ask where she is. I'm at home taking a nap. Your phone call woke me up. I could hear rustling sheets, and as I said, there's no way her side of the phone call would be so quiet if she just left my flat. I live in a busy area. I request to video call her, and there she is, in her home, in her bed. She has no makeup on, she's in her PJs, looking confused, and her eyes are still kind of puffy from sleep. I asked her if she remembered coming to my flat. She looked confused. Did we make plans today, she said. She said that after running into me, all we did was chat, say goodbye, and then she went home to take a nap. Obviously, there's no way she got home, removed her makeup, undid her hair, and changed her clothes within 15 minutes. She lives like a half hour away from me. I have no clue what to think of it. Maybe she was hanging out with her doppelganger. Maybe. Or maybe it was a tulpa. She created a thought form while her real self went home and <laughs> slept. Maybe. Yeah, weird. Pretty weird. Well, I've got one more. All right. Let's hear it. Uh, this one is from uh, just from June of last year. Woman's horror as wildlife cam catches naked witches hosting carcass-eating ritual. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, uh, Corinea Stanhope found a dead deer at the bottom of her garden while riding one of her horses and decided to set up a trail camera to see if it would attract any animals at nighttime. This is, uh, takes place in Powell River, Canada. Um, the 36-year-old woman claims she couldn't believe her eyes when her and Granddad Bob, age 76, checked the footage the next day and saw two half-naked women appearing to dine on the corpse. Ew. 
Images show. They have images. What? Images show what appears to be two figures with long, matted black hair wearing just a piece of cloth covering their buttocks standing over the dead deer. With their hair covering their faces, the figures appear to squat down and reach over to the carcass with long fingers before picking up a hoof and taking a bite. Ew. Coronea says she was left terrified as her house is just a two-minute walk from where the figures were lurking <laughs> and she keeps her three horses on the same land. After sharing the haunting images online last week, uh, she was inundated with comments. People telling her, call the cops. <laughs> um, theories range from walking demons, wendigos. Um, yeah, she said, uh, we put up a trail cam. We thought uh, they, like they had seen like bobcats and stuff on the camera before. They thought it was pretty cool. Uh, I came the next day. Grandpa said he'd got naked people on the camera. And I said... <laughs> No, you didn't. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> so he showed me. <laughs> I don't know what the heck was up with that. <laughs> it really freaked us out. It's not something you see every day. <laughs> they came ten minutes after sunset. They look disheveled. It looks like they have wigs on. One looks like she has blonde hair underneath. Uh, you can't really tell from the photos, but the hoof was brought right up to her mouth. I don't know if she was kissing it, smelling, or eating it, but to touch a decaying carcass like that makes me feel sick. The amount of bacteria that must have been on there. Maybe they were paying their respects, but they were naked. It really creeped me out because it's only a two-minute walk from our house. So the mother of three shared the images on social media, and uh, yeah, a lot. Sam, <laughs> hang on. A lot of people mentioned skinwalkers and wendigos. There's rumors around town about a cult that collects animal bones. I don't know if it's real or not. <laughs> Some people have mentioned it since I posted the photos. A friend said they came across two people in the woods carrying some dead squirrels. The horses always get really spooked and unnerved around that area. I thought they imagined stuff at first, so I didn't think of it, anything of it. Maybe I believe them now. I'm, ho <laughs> I'm hoping they went for a walk in the day, saw the trail cam was set up, and wanted to have a bit of fun with us. Or they're on some good drugs. <laughs> I wanted to go to the police, but my grandpa said no. They weren't doing anything illegal, technically. He was pretty mortified. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, yeah, so here is... Oh, look at the hand. Ew, why yeah, is it so long? That's fucking weird, yeah. dude. <laughs> oh, the hand is, like, longer than her arm yeah Ew, that's weird it looks like something that thinks it knows what a hand looks like yeah that's a not person and they are right they there. are it's a it's a disheveled looking woman you can tell uh you don't see anything but you can tell she's topless and has basically like a loincloth 
and she's reaching out for the carcass of the deer and her hand is looks abnormally long yeah like something is wrong with that arm like there looks like webbed almost. yeah there's there's something wrong with that arm and then so here's uh the picture of the two of them once the second one mm-hmm. shows up and um yeah if you could see this i mean it is literally they are two loin cloth clad uh women i think they're both women the one is definitely a woman can send send me the link and I'll put it on our Facebook page. And yeah, and they're so like hunched. Check it out. They are hunched over the dead deer. Oh, you know what? I know who who they are. Scientists. <laughs> Swiss hilarious comedian scientists. I got my own theory. I think they're scientists from CERN. <laughs> Just out having a lark. <laughs> you know, like they do. <laughs> It makes sense to me. Uh, but yeah, and so uh, yeah, it's really weird. They're 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 sure It actually looks like the the second figure actually looks like they're wearing like pants and shoes, but they're still mm. topless. Um, and yeah, and they apparently zooming in on that, honey. Appar- <laughs> you can't see anything. <laughs> apparently, uh, they uh, they took a a little nibble <laughs> on this dead deer. Well, maybe they were just hungry. They look kind of skinny. So, you know, I mean, I'm I'm uh, a big uh, I'm a big uh, detractor of the satanic panic of the '80s, but I don't know, man. You got scientists at CERN uh, performing rituals to honor Kali. You've got uh, strange, uh, wild. Wendigo witches uh, up in the Great White North, and uh, we'll be crazy. Yeah, do some weird things. Yeah, a couple of ghouls. I got a couple of ghouls out there. <laughs> I caught on camera. <laughs> you could see her boobies and everything. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Granddad, we got to get that deer out of there. We can't have these Wendigos coming around. I got horses, Granddad. <laughs> so weird. that is uh, that is a bunch of weird, weird shit. You got anything to to round us out, honey? All right, I'm gonna round us out with a sweet visitation story. Oh, yeah, from Tilly Nelly. <laughs> Grandma died, and I sent her off on a train in my dream. <laughs> Get on the train, Grandma. <laughs> my grandma died in November. This whole year has been extremely hard for me, and this felt like the last straw. She was always so close to me, one of the kindest members of my family, with the same sense of humor. She even lived with my parents and died in their house. She took care of me all the time when I was small. She had a lot of diseases and was dealing with dialysis for quite some time. She lost so much weight in the process. The last decade, she was just skin and bone. When she died, I had a dream about her. I actually had a few. It's interesting because normally dreams of her tended to be a bit scary. About her diseases, about her being so thin, being grim, unhealthy. And then suddenly, after she died, I had two in which she was plump, happy, like I remembered her in the 1990s. 
But then the weird part happened. I had a dream I was at a train station with my dad and his brother, my uncle. Grandma came and she was so plump again. And although she never traveled, she had her ticket on her and knew exactly what train she was getting on to. We helped her get on that train and we went inside to find her seat. It was labeled 419. It was incredibly thin, the seating space, like common sense would tell you a human being could not fit there, but we knew it was possible now because she was dead. It's funny, even as I'm writing this now, I'm having these weird pulling feelings in my head. I kept thinking in that moment how funny it is science cannot prove spiritual things. I have my master's in biology, and I became somewhat lucid. I was laughing, telling myself, all these people on this train are dead. I interact with them. This train exists, and I have zero way of proving it to anybody, because I will wake up soon. Grandma laughed at it, too, and said it was true. Then all things were calm. We helped her get there. I remember there were suitcases. My mom also packed her some things that were buried with her, of light blue and yellow color. Everything was very sunny. The train looked so old and brown. Seats were in lines of three in small open cars. Wide yellow corridor to walk. Boca lights, in a way. I sent my grandma off on a train. That sounds very lovely. Yeah, I thought that was nice. And then I threw grandma from a train. (laughs) (laughs) Well. So, so yeah, I mean, that's, there's some weird shit going on out there. It's still happening. Yep, yep. It's all still happening. So, honey, are we are we back? Are we officially back? We are back. <laughs> Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> or you, you can, because we're coming back. So, what what kind of things do you think uh, we should be talking about in the the coming year? Um. I mean, I know you said you wanted to do the uh, sort of pre-death visions and premonitions and things mm-hmm. what other kind of stuff is out there that you you think would be interesting to, to talk about um astral projection okay i think we should do an episode on that what do you think is there anything on the 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 cryptid side that we could get into no no <laughs> <laughs> probably yeah yeah. Like? Not deer. We are. We, not dogs. Not do- Not fish. Are you just saying animals and then putting the word not in front of them? Not. <laughs> I'm not not doing that. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, what's that weird Pennsylvania one that cries? Oh, what is that? <laughs> uh, that's got a weird name. It does. Oh, uh, balls. No, that's not it. <laughs> that's um, not it at all. Yeah, it's it looks almost like a it's like a weird pig. The squonk. Squonk! We should the talk squonk. about the squonk. Yeah, yeah, I think we definitely have to do an episode oh, about the squonk. We didn't talk about the jellyfish UAP uh, either. Oh, uh, and that was like the big thing that you were going to talk about. No, well, it wasn't. It was one thing. All right, well. There, and there's other sightings, so maybe we can talk about that next time. We'll talk about the jellyfish. But jelly. that's like the new 
UAPs, the jellyfish. Yeah, we can talk about the jellyfish. We can maybe, because I think that that has an odd uh, correspondence with, uh, we've talked about the, the angel hair, mm-hmm. uh, like the web-like things that descend during some of these uh, UFO sightings and paranormal experiences. Yep. Um, like, what, what the hell is that? You know, some if if you're into ghosts, people say people who are into ghosty stuff think it's like ectoplasmic. People who are into more into UFO stuff think that it's like um, strange solid emissions or something with UFOs interacting with our atmosphere that causes it. Um, mm-hmm. I still think it's a the jizz. Who knows? Could be. Maybe like a jellyfish jizz. <laughs> nice. The, the jellyfish, they make a the sperm, and the sperm make a strand, and like a web, and like a fall. And then I, I eat a the jizz. Oh, God. <laughs> and mm. I paint with it. <laughs> yeah, we can talk more about that. <laughs> Maybe. So, uh, yeah. So, what and do if, you think? I think those are all good topics. I would love to to get into the squonk. I'm excited about maybe squonk. some squonk, some squonk, squonk sightings. <laughs> I'm about to get squonky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get squonky up in here. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think I'm excited about some stuff. I would still love to. I know it's goofy, but I would still love to get into uh, topics like lycanthropy and vampirism. And things like that. So, um, but if anybody out there has any ideas, if anybody who's who's happy that they have a new episode of Liminal Unlimited to listen to, and are like super excited, um, please let us know what subjects, what weird shit do you guys want to hear? Two complete novice people with no expertise in any of this stuff. <laughs> What things would you like to hear us talk about? Do you want to hear about the squonk? Do you have your own squonky tale? Let us know. We want to hear it. LiminalUnlimited at gmail.com. That's the way you get a hold of us. We also have a Facebook page um, that you can maybe message. Um, we, we, we don't do Twitter anymore. I, I'm done I'm done with Twitter. Um, actually, it's called X now. Because <laughs> that's so much cooler. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm over. I'm over Twitter. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, get a get a hold of us on our uh, Gmail and on the Facebook page, and let us know what stuff you would like to hear. And um, yeah. Just uh, even if it's just to say, hey, glad you're back. We would love to hear from you. All right. So uh, from me. And me. That's our show. And what's my tagline? I forget. Uh, that's a spicy meatball. <laughs> is that it? That is not it. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. That's not it. (laughs) We'll see you on the otter slide. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's it, isn't it? No, honey. That's, I think that's what you, that's what you say, uh, 
to Kustika <laughs> up in Alaska. <laughs> we'll see you on the other side. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>